welcome back to another episode of Club C47. I am one of your loyal hosts, Sally Dar Griffin. And I am your other loyal host, Andrew Van Houston. How are you doing today, Sally Dar? I am so good. I'm happy to be talking to you. It's been three weeks. Three weeks since too we long. Recorded. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's um, okay. Yeah, but we're here. So anyone that missed us, we're back. We're not going anywhere. We just have had a hard hard time like scheduling and like figuring out what our new schedule is and our new routine. But we've decided we're going to record on Tuesdays. That doesn't mean the episode is getting to you on Tuesday, but we actually have a time that we will meet every week. <laughs> and you can slide into my DMs if we fail to record. <laughs> yeah, you can come and yell at us. Yeah, come come yell at us. Anyway, yeah, so we have some catching up to do about just like life and like things that have happened to us since we last recorded. The Emmys happened. Um, I'm sure we've both watched some stuff. A lot of things. Where do we want to begin, Andrew? Well, I, I like the word Emmys, and I think that's probably something fun to talk about. So we can start there. Um, I watched the whole Emmys, but I kind of took a break halfway through between the comedy and drama. So I didn't really watch the limited series part of the Emmys, but I saw Jennifer Aniston. That was the first thing you saw, and she like had the fire extinguisher, and you're like, where is the show going? I didn't really know how they were going to do the whole thing with like covid restrictions but i don't know if you saw the meme of like her like with the fire extinguisher like distinguishing the um the envelope no i didn't um i hate to say this i didn't watch the emmys i know you know i've been trying to keep this to myself but you know it's gonna just be exposed it's gonna be exposed on here i forget what i was doing that night i think we were driving back from I had to take Megan to get her hair done. It might have been that day i had to go drive her like an hour away anyways i wasn't home I'm so sorry. Keep going. Well, we'll just <laughs> keep that film, bro. We'll keep that a little secret between us and the listener. So don't need to go expose her immediately. Uh, but I guess we can talk about some things you might know about that people talked about afterwards. Uh, first of all, Shit's yeah. Creek literally uh-huh. sweeped the whole comedy category. And that's the first time in like 72 years since the show that I mean started. So crazy. Have you watched Shit's Creek? I've, oh, so after immediately after I watched the pilot, and I was like, it's good. It's fascinating. It, it was kind of funny. I think this is something like my mom and my stepdad would like and like have on the TV. I don't know if it's for me yet. I'm still trying to get into it. Yeah, Megan actually, because I've seen it all before, and Megan just started it yesterday, I believe. Or she had started it before, but then she didn't really get hooked, kind of like you're saying that like she watched the pilot or maybe the second or third episode. But then she just pushed through and kept watching and now i think she likes it which i personally like i liked it from the first episode but i seems like some people don't fall in love with it like right away but i love it because i just feel like it's the modern sitcom like it's funny it's approachable like the characters are very specific which i love yeah so i i'm so excited that it sweeped yeah love it oh i i heard that like the second season is when it starts to get better like if you can get through that first season then maybe you get interested. I don't know, but yeah, I liked it all, but I don't know. It's the kind of thing where it's like, I feel like some people, a few seasons down the road, it gets less interesting, but I think every season the story just builds and builds and like, you're still invested throughout the whole thing, which I love. Yeah. I will say something I did like about watching the Emmys and I don't know if you would know this, but like each 
some some people like were just in there when they were like waiting to get their like awards they were like waiting in their bedroom or waiting in their living room well shit's creek they all had like kind of a dinner party together the whole cast and crew where they had like their own separate tables and they were all wearing their masks and i was just watching i was like dang that's like a party you would want to be at or i would want to be at so you can tell that like the cast and the crew were like having a good time together even during a time as crazy as a pandemic like you could just tell they were having fun and so watching them like I'll accept their awards and cheer each other on like made me feel like okay this seems like a good group of people to like hang out with and I would want to watch the show after seeing them like celebrate all of their awards yeah they definitely seem like a crowd that has fun on set I mean I feel like most tv shows become a family but like that one they definitely seem like they have a lot of fun and then kind of gearing towards the other side of the spectrum with the drama categories we had secession Yes. a lot of awards. Yeah, and after that, then Megan started binging Secession, which me and Catherine had already seen. She put it on, like, from season one, and we wouldn't tune into every single episode because Catherine works, and I would just, like, be doing something in my room or whatever. But we tuned in for a lot of the episodes, and we just binged two seasons in, like, less than a week. And the season finale of season, of season two is just crazy. Like, Megan was full-on shocked, crying, etc., just the best show on TV right now, I could argue. I, I, I agree. I, and it's the perfect binging show, too. Yeah. Because they are, they are longer episodes, but I think just, like, everyone's with their families right now, possibly. So just mm-hmm. seeing another family as corrupt as the Roy's is yeah. I, I, I just love it a lot. I was so surprised when Jeremy Strong beat out Brian Cox for Best Actor, though. I know, but I... It's crazy, but also the second season, his performance is, well, and the first season too, but just his character development and just like the character in general, the way he is able to play like a guy that comes off as super strong and like stoic and a hard ass, but deep down is just like a little boy that just wants his father's approval. And the way he like communicates that is so crazy to me. Like, just truly insane. Like, Brian Cox, obviously amazing, but Kendall's character is so complex, and even without delivering a line, you can see that, like, duality of an asshole, but also just, like, a total, like, pushover. You know what I mean? Ah, it's... Wow. I know. I hate his character. Like, I hate his character so, so much. Same. And Megan loves him. Well, that that doesn't surprise me. She loves the bad boys. (laughs) Yeah, she does. But I I think, but that also, like, proves that he is a good actor, uh, Jeremy Strong, when it comes to uh, delivering Kendall Roy's performance. Like, I hated him, like, at the beginning of season two, but by the end of season two, like... I don't want to spoil it, but you're just like kind of like, who is this man? Who is this character? Yeah. You can tell you can now like see his true colors and his true intentions, which I think is just brilliant. But also like I hate it at the same time because it's like yeah. I just hate this family. Yeah, I hate him, but I love him because he's definitely like the most interesting character. Like just seeing him in season one and season two. So fun to watch. But if I me and Catherine agree, like if I were to play someone, I would want to play Roman's character because he's just so fun. He just seems like he'd be the, I don't know, it'd be fun to like deliver his lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like I love Shiv just because, you know, strong woman, love to see Everyone it. Everyone loves Shiv. Yeah, even though she's just like not good to Tom, I think she's like a bad bitch and I respect it. But I don't know, all the characters like so specific and so interesting, like Secession's wonderful. Yeah. Everything's wonderful about it. 
Yeah. I, and they, and the, all the awards they got, they, they're clearly deserved. You could, mm-hmm. you could say another award I would say was well-deserved was Zendaya won for best actress in euphoria. And yes. she's and Gen Z was freaking out. She's our age. Like, think about that. Yeah. She's the youngest woman to win best actress at 24 years old. I think she's 24 and she's incredible. Like I give her so much respect. I now follow her on Instagram. Like I am a fan of Zendaya now I'm on the Zendaya hype train. She deserves her award. It's so crazy. And like, I always, because she's so young and, you know, 30 years from now, like, what is she going to be doing? Like, will she still be acting? Will she, I don't know. I feel like she's just going to become one of those timeless, like household names that like our kids will know, our grandkids will know if she keeps going. Yeah. In the same way that we just know these like older actors that our parents knew when they were younger. Mm -hmm. She's definitely one of those, obviously. But it's just so exciting. Like, she's so young and like, she has so much to go. What? Like, I don't even have a job yet. So. I know. She's she's going places. I mean, besides Euphoria, which they're um, slowly trying to film again. But like after Euphoria, like she's going to go on. She'll win an Oscar very soon. There's no doubt in yeah, my mind. Like, I'm sure. She'll win some more Emmys. She'll, she'll get to her Oscar fame eventually. I think she's good in TV, though, for now. Yeah. Because um, remember when she was on Shake It Up? Yeah. Never forget. <laughs> her and uh bella thorne yeah and so they've both changed a lot since uh 2009 2010 when that show was yeah. first on <laughs> uh, disney stars it would be interesting if someone came out with a documentary just to see like where all the disney stars like w- went after disney because they all take such different paths you know they, they, they do i mean let's think about it right now you have miley cyrus who is definitely going on her own path. Demi Lovato has gone through so much as a Disney star. And then the Jonas Brothers, which um, congratulations to Joe Jonas and Sophie yes. Turner. They just posted some <laughs> pictures recently yeah, of, like, of Sophie Turner being pregnant. So Beautiful. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and then, they, and then um, you have Bella Thorne, who like hangs out with like more like influencers and stuff, and then the whole OnlyFans thing. And then you have Zendaya. It's like... Everyone's all over the place. And then there are just the random people that kind of just like fade into obscurity, which like, fine. I would do Disney, get my bag and then leave probably. Yeah, get, That's the, fine too. get the bread and get out. Yeah. But it's just like, wow. Wouldn't you love a documentary on just like Disney childhood stars and just seeing what happened? Yeah. Where are they now? I don't know. That'd be, that'd be a really fascinating uh, like topic. And there are a lot of documentaries out right now. I don't know. Did you watch the Paris Hilton documentary? Yes, we did. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I thought it was, it's not what you expect, which I think is why I liked it. Like it kind of went over her entire life and then at the end, like kind of shares more things than you actually expected. And I enjoyed it. It wasn't like my favorite documentary ever just because, I don't know, like it wasn't, not that it wasn't laid out well, but it didn't like fully click with me, I guess, just the way, yeah, I guess the way it was laid out or something. But I thought it was like great message, like interesting to learn more about her. So definitely watch it, but it's not like my favorite documentary ever. Um, but it was good. Yeah. What do you think? I I, I didn't want I didn't watch it yet. I've heard a few. Th- it's on YouTube, which was an interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I loved. Concept. She's also started to kind of grow a little more fame on TikTok, which was like the perfect marketing strategy to like yeah. promote her documentary. I'd say. So yeah. I'll give well, her credit. Well, the one thing about Paris Hilton, well, Megan, she loves Paris Hilton. I think, well, one, I think she's incredibly strong. Like once you watch the documentary and just kind of learn about like things that she's experienced in her life, but also she's just such a 
savvy businesswoman and she like does not get enough credit for it. Like the fact that she's been able to stay relevant this long and the fact that she's literally invented the selfie and the original influencers would argue like she's truly an icon. And like, we know this, like Paris Hilton, everyone knows who Paris Hilton is, but I don't think she gets enough credit for the strategy that has gone into staying a household name. Cause she could have easily just like, you know, not done anything. Like she could have just not, I don't know. But now she's like DJing, like she's on TikTok, this documentary, she like still is around and I don't know. We stand. Well, like a while back, I, I've kind of read a little bit like kind of a while back. It seemed like she sort of like embraced more of like the the dumb blonde kind of appeal. That's what I, I sort of heard from the documentary. And and now she's definitely like she's kind of had that. Um, what, what, what am I thinking of? Like she kind of had that vibe for a while because that's how people have viewed her. And now I feel like looking at her now, she's definitely kind of I wouldn't say do a 180, but I think she's just being more herself and she is being successful and she is being relevant. And but I also think it's smart because she definitely is using the correct strategies when it comes to like making sure her doc is posted on YouTube, which I think is a great platform that does attract a lot more Gen Z's, which will, and I, the Gen Z's are the ones who are going to remember her, not the people who are like baby boomers or millennials. Like, I think it's more of the Gen Z's who now like look up to Paris. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you're talking about, like the whole dumb blonde thing. One interesting thing that I think she said in the documentary was she like, that's who she is. Like she embraces that image, but it's also very much a costume that she feels like she puts on because like, she is smart. Like she is a businesswoman. Like she's a smart girl, but this whole persona of her, like loving pink and being dumb and like wealthy and whatever, and not being a hard worker, I guess, like just having everything handed to her. Like it is her, but it's also not her. And I found that very interesting that she's able to embrace that persona, but also recognize like, that's not me, even though it is me. Um, just kind of a strange contradiction. And uh, yeah, it's very much uh, like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde or Cher um, from Clueless, I think is her name. Um, mm. That's kind of like I think she kind of has like that sort of persona a little bit. And I mean, it it tracks a lot of people, as you can see. Um, when I think of Paris Hilton, I think of the bling ring. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes. Oh, well, in the documentary, you should watch it because they show her closet. And then Megan was like, well, that's why they were all able to just steal her stuff. Because when you see her closet, you're like, how could anyone keep track of any of this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks it looks bizarre from the movie. So that yeah. doesn't surprise me. I'm trying to think what else I watched recently. We re- recently watched Midsommar, which I had already seen, but Megan and Catherine hadn't. So I was like, yeah, I'll rewatch it for you guys to see it. Um, so we rewatched that over the weekend. Very fun to like see it again and like knowing everything. I feel like I picked up on different things and I'm not big on rewatching movies. So that was kind of a fun experience. Unique because I don't really do that that often. Very good. Um, what else has been going on? What else have I been watching? Oh, just like a lot of random movies that we pick at night. Like, um, just something for fun, just something to have yeah, on the TV. Yeah, like a movie Sleeping with Other People we watched. We watched a movie Funny People that Judd Apatow did. Um, just a few like random things here and there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched too much either, which is sad because like I was thinking about like it's almost October and I, I looked up last night. I've only seen like 13 movies that have been released in 2020 in the year 2020, which is so sad because I'm like, I, there's so many other movies and there are a lot of movies or documentaries like the Paris Hilton one that like have come out in 2020. I haven't seen yet. So yeah. my goal for the next two, three months is to try to watch more 
2020 movies. So last night I started with Enola Holmes, which came out last week. And it's basically Millie Bobby Brown plays Sherlock Holmes' sister, younger sister. And like, she's sort of trying to find out where her mom went because her mom mysteriously disappeared. And so it's very much a family movie. It's not something like I'm like film broing about. I won't be like, oh, Anola Holmes, greatest movie ever. But it's a cute little family movie for all ages, maybe. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Catherine watched it the other night, and I think she enjoyed it. Like, yeah, just good movie to watch. Um, I'll probably watch it. Nothing too special, but it works. I also watched, I mean, kind of backtracking the documentaries, I watched The Social Dilemma. Oh, I want to watch that. That was very fascinating, you could say. But also, I, I kind of felt like I knew a lot about what they were talking about. Like, none of it mm. came as a surprise to me. Oh, um, yeah. Because they would talk about algorithms or, like, like how your phone is, like, triggered to, like, send you notifications at the right time because it knows when you're going to check it. Kind of, like, those things. Mm. But, but what is interesting is it's sort of a documentary and, like, a story going on at the same time. So... I forgot his name, but there's the kid in Booksmart named Jared. Like, he acts in it, too. And mm. there's a few other actors here and there. So it kind of gives you, like, a, a situation to look at, as, as well as all of the interviews that are given at the same time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I definitely need to watch it, especially since I'm, like, in social media, I guess. And I feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about it on Instagram or TikTok, whatever. Um so I will be watching that soon. I was actually thinking about that today. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. And it also includes a little bit about the current events, too. So there, oh. there is some stuff about the coronavirus and the pandemic where I was like, wait a minute, should we be talking about this? But I'm like, yeah, I guess it's relevant. It makes sense. So I feel like the interviews can still be old and they can still talk about like current events at the same time. I guess that's all I could really say about it. Nothing too... Fascinating. It's a, it's a good watch, though. Like, it's something you can watch. It's like an hour and a half, I think. So it's not that lengthy. Um, documentaries are always... I think documentaries are so fascinating. And especially ones about social media. Because it's so... It's just fascinating. I think social media is a very fascinating Gen Z tool. Yeah. What do you think of the new phone update? I haven't really, like, fixed my phone up with all, like, the apps and the widgets and, like, decorating it. I haven't even attempted that. I don't even know how to go about it. But I do have the update. Have you kind of curated yours yet? I still can't figure it out. I don't know how to even, like, go in to do it. I also, it seems like it takes so much time that I don't even want to get started on it. Also, because, like, I'm fine with the just the normal apps. Like, I don't feel the need. Unless I hear from someone, like, oh, this is so much better. No, really, you need to, like, fix it. But, yeah, no, I haven't even touched it. I just left it as is. Yeah. But it's an interesting update. Like, the fact that you can personalize it that heavily is crazy. They're, they're definitely trying to find ways to keep people engaged and, like, glued on their phone for a while. Where it's kind of creepy. Whereas, like... That's so true, because you could spend literally hours just fixing your apps like not even on an app yeah i've seen a lot of like videos where it's like i spend five hours on this and i'm like you're gonna spend five hours creating widgets and redesigning i guess it's fascinating i know the tiktok videos where people are showing off their home screens is crazy like harry styles themed taylor swift's themed like pink and diamonds themed or like just so many varieties crazy i'm like i'm fine with what i have 
I know. I feel like if you were to do it though, like what kind of themes or photos would you do? I think I definitely do something that's like maybe a little bit more filmy, like some stills from a movie I liked. Yeah. And I'd probably do something, I don't know, maybe something like more that fits my aesthetic, if so to say, like something kind of like similar to the digital collages that I like, you know, that I do. And then I don't know what else. I've seen a few that are color coordinated, which I think mm. just makes life easier. I've seen a few Animal Crossing themes where I was, like, I was like, it makes sense because the Animal Crossing game, like you have a cell phone. So you kind of are just mimicking such cell phone. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, I would probably do film stills, but I also don't think I would change the logos. I don't think my yeah. eye is ready for that. I know. I feel like it would. T- it's going to take such a shift. In, but, like, that's the thing. I go back and forth with this. It's, like, fi- changing around your apps, okay, in any capacity. Then you're just going to be clicking in the wrong space for a while. But you're also on your phone so much that it's not going to take that long to train yourself to recognize the new setup. You know what I mean? That is true. It might take, like, three days to get used to the new thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, like in the beginning of each year when you like have to change the the year and you're yeah, you're so idea. used to like cha- from like 2019 you keep doing that for like a month and then you're like it's kind of like that i think it just takes a while but probably faster when you're on a cell phone because like you said yeah we're definitely faster glued to a cell phone like all the time my favorite part of the update though is when you can facetime someone and then you can just um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like scroll up and still look at yourself, but then they can still see that you're talking to them instead of like having the face frozen yes. or whatever. I, that's probably my favorite part of yes. the update. There's also a feature, I haven't used it, but someone's used it on me is when you can reply to a text and you can like pick a certain text to reply to. So if it's further up in the conversation and someone's like, what's your favorite color? Then you can reply to that specific question and it'll appear like, oh, Salader responded to this question. You know what I mean? It's not, kind of like so, Facebook like, Messenger. Yeah, so it's not completely out of context. Like, you can see what they're replying to specifically. That's interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I haven't done it yet, but someone did it to me the other day. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know this was an option. Well, I'm going to check that out after this. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a cool... It's definitely interesting. My biggest fear is they're going to do a update where it's like you screenshot someone's text message that you want to send to someone else, but then you can't because like the other person knows. That's my biggest fear is like, that's the update I don't want. No, no. Well, they might have like a, it might, they may be able to do something like red receipts where if you have the setting on, then you'll send, it'll send the note. I don't know. They could do something crazy. That was, that's what I was thinking because I definitely screenshot. So they just say, and I was like, wait, what if this is part of the new update? <laughs> like, because it's like, you yeah. look at Snapchat, like you're always notified when you screenshot something. Like I was thinking about that. I was like, no, no, uh, no, no. So yeah, you gotta be careful when there's like a new update because you don't know, unless you like TikTok definitely will warn you, would warn you if there was like that kind of update, I feel. True. But like if you didn't know and then you screenshot, because I, I definitely screenshot stuff and send it to friends and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, talking shit about me behind my back, I'm sure. Basically. <laughs> um, um, no, but like for real, that was kind of like what I was thinking today. I was like, thank goodness there's not that update yet. Yet, 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 yet. Yeah, maybe I'll dive into changing my phone. I keep forgetting, honestly, that like, that exists, the option to do it, but we'll see. I'm trying to think other things that are new, our mutual friend Megan, who works at SiriusXM, she just got her own radio show, Yay. which is related to like film, TV, media. We do it all here. 
She um, does 13 under 13 for Kids Place Live, which is a station. I think it's in the 70s on Sirius XM. But um, she has it like one day a week. She picks 13 songs and very fun. Catherine and I were in the car listening to it. And it was so crazy to be in the car and like hear her voice and she wasn't there. And a lot of the kids songs really bopped. Like me and Catherine were having a very fun time. I added two of the songs to my playlist and kids shows are honestly so funny. Like some of the lyrics that are in these songs are hilarious. Yeah. It's like they have to make them a bop for the adults too, because they're the ones who are dealing with the kids. Right. Like they're in the car. So like the ki- the parents need to also find it funny. Also, because it's the same thing with children's books. Like the people that are writing these books, writing these songs, like they're adults. So they're like us. Like they want to write something funny. They want to write something entertaining. And so obviously, like of co- on one hand, you're like, oh, why would I like this kid song? But it's also, of course, I'm going to like this kid song because someone my age probably wrote it or someone a little bit older than me wrote it. And a lot of them were hilarious. Like there's one about a bear in the woods ate my underwear. And it was like looking for a snack or something crazy. It was so funny. I was like, wow, this song is honestly going off. And then I'm sure you saw me post about it. There's a song about a girl at a party talking to a boy that just wants to go home and eat grapes. And I was like, this is hilarious. It's like, a this mood. Girl's- yeah, it's it's a total mood. And I was like, these kids don't even understand. Like, oh, yeah, like I want to go home and eat grapes. Like, haha. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is a mood. Like, you will be at a party bored talking to someone. And you're just like, honestly, like, I just want to go home. And eat some grapes. And I was just like, wow, these songs are just doing doing it for me right now. Yeah. And also such an interesting career. Like the people that write these songs and are just like children's bands. It would be very fun to interview one of them. I mean, Megan kind of talks to them. But like, imagine like that's your career, like writing these fun songs. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder if they have kids and they're like thinking about if they're inspired by their own kids or if they're just more adults and they're like, what, like, are they, what are they doing and like what gets them like this idea in the first place yeah like how'd you end up here because i'm sure there's yeah. like some crazy stories like i'm sure some of these people don't have kids but yet they're able to craft something that like kids will bob to in the car every thursday or wednesday or whatever right i remember on megan's show she was saying there's one band called i think the story pirates or something and they actually take ideas from kids so they'll like i guess i don't know a focus group of sorts i guess you would say so you know kids like say the craziest things like they'll say and you'll tell them like close your eyes and like what do you see and they'll be like oh like there's a monkey on a water slide like eating an ice cream sandwich like they'll say crazy things and so they'll take those ideas from the kids and they'll turn it into songs which i think is such a funny idea and then i think another band that megan was talking about maybe it was the same band it actually included like Two or three people that we know as adults, one of them was the guy that was Steve on Blue's Clues, which like oh. makes sense because like, he was like in doing kid stuff before. And then there was someone else that like we would know that was in a like another popular band, like an actual like an adult band, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I think it's like people that either like work in some kind of entertainment, maybe with kids before, like Steve, obviously, or like they're just in music and this is kind of their retirement of sorts, perhaps, or they have kids like the people that write the grape song. I think their names are Andrew and Polly. And I think they just like have kids and this is what they do. That seems like a good retirement plan, though. Yeah. Like if you did like rock and roll and then you're like, I'm just going to write kids music. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, even when we're old, after we're, we're done with our um, movie and TV careers, we might as well just go into the music career as we retire. <laughs> I know. I actually always thought it would be very fun to like write a children's book. 
Don't you think so? Yes. I think a children's book would be an awesome career. And then have someone like illustrate it for yeah. you. Oh, that, that's, that actually sounds like a fun goal. Yeah. And like you could low key make a ton of money if you like had a series that popped off. Like think about the books that you read as a kid that you just. Do you have any favorites? Okay. I'm trying to think of this one. Wait, I have to. Well, I loved I loved Rainbow Fish was my favorite as a small child. Rainbow Fish was incredible. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Yes. Was also, if you give a mouse a cookie. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was also the one about the mouse that was named like Olivia. Oh, yeah. I read yeah. those. Wasn't there a pig? Name, there was a pig named Olivia, too. Oh, it was a pig. It was a pig. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. There was this series. I'm trying to look it up right now. It was, it looked like a composition book. And... But it was like an actual book. Oh, Amelia's Notebook. So it looks like a composition book that you would just like buy at the bookstore or whatever. But it was like her own journal. So it was like you were reading her journal and like she would draw little pictures in it and stuff. And there was a ton of these books that looked like composition books on the bookshelf in our elementary school library. And I loved them because it was just like you were reading like a girl, a girl's diary that was your age. So I loved those when I was like a little bit older. I also liked Henry and Mudge was the first book that I read like on my own in first grade um because I feel like below first grade like you still kind of have people reading to you in some capacity but first grade I remember reading time I think we called it dear time yes drop everything and read yes dear time oh my god dear time. um I would read Henry and Mudge and then when I got to high school my junior year English teacher he had a dog named Henry And then he got a second dog and he named it Mudge. And I was like, my world was flipped upside down. I was like, did you name your dog Mudge? Because the first one is named Henry and it's based off of Henry and Mudge. And he was like, obviously. I was like, this is crazy because he was my favorite English teacher. And I was like, of course, of course, my favorite English teacher like named it after like the first book I ever read as a child on my own. So yeah, those are the books I like. (laughs) Well, our family dog was named Clifford. Growing up, which is based Aww. off Clifford the Big Red Dog. But also, I feel like that's a really popular dog yeah. name, I would say. I think I think a lot of animal names come from, like, books. Like, for pets, at least. I don't know. Yeah. My dog was named Ozzy growing up. And people are always like, oh, like, Ozzy Osbourne. Like, which, it's not what he was named after. I just feel like Ozzy is, like, a dog name. I, I've had met two other people that had dogs named Ozzy. I thought of Ozzy Osbourne when you said that. Not yeah, most people do. <laughs> yeah, two separate people had dogs named Ozzy, including one of my roommates had a dog named Ozzy. And I was like, this is so random that, like, I mean, because I found it out after the fact. Yeah, but that's, like, a good way to bond. Yeah. You could say. Did you read Bob books when you were really, really little? Do you know what Bob books are? Remind B-O-B? me. They were, like, the first – they were, like, really, really tiny, like, almost, like, square books. And, like, some pages would have maybe one word on them. And they were color-coordinated for different levels. So it would be, like, green would be the easiest and then, like, up until red. And so it was kind of, like, teaching you to read as you went up. Like, it would get more complicated. But those were probably, like, the first books I read – I just had them at home, like, not – like, outside of school. And I would just, like, sit and, like, I guess practice reading – 
on my own, yeah. I guess you'd say. But yeah, Bob books. That was another big thing in my house. I'll have to check those out. This is like such a stupid statement that now I'm saying it, but it's actually crazy. Like the transition between someone reading to you and then you trying to read out loud to someone and then helping you and then reading out loud to yourself and then reading in your head. Like I remember the first time I, I mean, I don't remember it, but when I first started reading in my head, that experience of like having sentences in your own head. So development, man, it's crazy. (laughs) I feel, I feel. I feel like that's why it'd be fun to be an elementary school teacher, like to see like kids like have things click like that. Yeah. Well, you're making such a big difference in like an elementary um, like level, I feel. Yeah. Which is incredible. I, I, I think teachers, I give them so much credit for what they do. Yeah. One of the best accounts I follow on Instagram is my elementary school. They have an Instagram account and it's so cute to like see all of these little kids because I remember like I'll see like, oh, like third grade or whatever. And I thought I was so big and I look at these kids and they're just, I just, wow. It's crazy because you know that they're thinking like that they're so old. That's how I felt feel when I like Uh look because I think I just felt like I always felt like the big kid and now I look at them and I'm like, they look so tiny compared to how I looked when I was a third grader. I don't get it. Like it doesn't make sense, but I guess that's how it goes. Do you remember the first year that you started having like deep thoughts like about the world and like outer space and you know what I mean? Like life's big questions. Do you remember how old you were? Uh, no. (laughs) Is that a bad question? (laughs) No, it's a great question. I just can't remember. Yeah. I think I was in fourth grade. I think it was like fourth into fifth grade is when I was like, oh, we're on, we're on a planet. And like, this is crazy. Like, I think that was the first, so like nine, probably. I would say about then when I started thinking of like the world and life and life beyond the world and all those crazy things. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah. All this to say, I can't wait to have kids so I can just like see their brains work because it's, their kids are so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I i feel you uh, cool well we're kind of near the end of our are. episode so um if there's anything else you want to add feel free but if not you can drop your socials or your venmo or whatever you want to drop yeah baby i am sally dar griffin on tiktok on instagram sally dar on letterbox and twitter i also have a youtube channel sally dar griffin linked everywhere else and yeah that's me andrew i have um oh avian he was at 15 on literally everything if if i'm you won't find me um if it's anything else yeah. And also thanks to Trey, Tradio Head, Trey Lopez for editing our podcast and providing us with wonderful music. I constantly get DMs about it. I actually had Natasha, our friend from film school, text me today being like, I always mean to ask you, what is this music? Um, but it's on Spotify. Yeah, and he's, he's Trey great. made it. He is. Anyways, happy to be back. A little three week hiatus, but we're here. We're here. And thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thank you so much. And stay awesome. Enjoy life, whatever you do. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.